0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Well, we've been meditating on redemption, and the last time that I spoke, I taught on redemptive realities. And we talked we talked about how redemption is just lined throughout the Old Testament. But we also talked about how uh there, Christ is the antitype. In other words, the type or the shadow was the foreshadow of the real, and Christ is the real. And if the foreshadow healed, how much more the real? We have the real living inside of us. You have Christ, the Redeemer, living inside of you. And in order to permeate every part of your being with the healing power of God, you've got to speak it. Speaking is the level that causes it to work. In other words, you, you uh, push the level, Amen. and it works. It's Amen. the switch. Yeah. Amen? When we say it takes place in our lives, it generates it, like we've talked about, just like that light switch back there. The light, the power is there the whole entire time, but you got to turn on the light for it to work. Yes. Well, turn your mouth on yes. and stop talking uh, about sickness and disease. Stop talking about, uh, well, I grew up sickly and my mama and daddy had this and Uncle uh, Ben had this. Stop talking about those things. Start talking about Christ lives in me now. I've received him uh, as the Lord of my life. Amen. And Satan is the father of lies. And he's telling me that I'm sick. And even symptoms in my body are saying I'm sick. And maybe you did something to hurt your body. It certainly wasn't Satan's fault. It was your own fault. Uh, but you're forgiven. And because Christ lives in you and you're saying it and you receive the healing power of God that lives in you, then it will start working in that situation as you generate it through your words. So never talk about how I'm feeling sick. Okay, you can go to the doctor and tell him, Well, I've got these symptoms. But then when you leave, stop talking about it. Amen. Amen. Stop confessing those things. Call those things that be not as though they were. You're not, uh, again, you're not uh, saying that you don't have sickness or disease or that you don't have symptoms because obviously if you got a hurt, then it's there. But what you're doing is you're saying, what be not? Healing. So you're calling it healed. You're saying, and what does that do? It generates that power as you say it. Again, it's that switch, it's that level, and then the power's working in there. Amen. Well, if you just do this, I'm healed by Jesus' stripes, and then you go about your day. There's just gonna be little, little power. But how many know when you put that uh, switch on full? You know, they, they have these power boats and paddle boats that generate, and the more that they, the harder they paddle. Well, we speak it. So the more you speak it, the more those lights So they may do this for a while, you flash on and off, but all of a sudden, woo! there have been times over the years that I dealt with symptoms of sickness and disease, and i get up in the middle of the night, and I just would pace the floor, not in worry. Not in worry, but I would just be generating. I would just be saying it over and over and over. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Thank you. And if it was flu symptoms, thank you, Lord, I can breathe. (laughs) Blow your nose. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. I know that didn't sound too pretty, but you've done it too. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. In between blows. Thank you, Lord, I'm healed. And I just keep saying it, and I keep saying it. Maybe I went back to bed, and a couple hours later, I had to get up because my nose was running all over the place. You understand? Not literally, but anyway, move right along. I wasn't chasing it. I was, I know that was dry. Okay. But I had to get back up, and I was confessing it again and over and over. And I'm not sure when it took place, but somewhere along the line... Those symptoms started alleviating. Those symptoms started leaving. Why? Because power was there pushing them out. And I had to say it. And we grew up in our families going to the drugstore at flu season, remember? Which is pretty much ten months out of the year. And, and, and you know, summertime's about the only time. But then you got ear infections, you know? Because you swam a lot. Anybody been there, done that? Okay. Well, I mean, any time there. And... and When you weren't sick with the flu or had an ear infection, you had something wrong with your knee. Because kids like to play a lot, you know. But that's not the way it should be. You go to the store, you strike up a conversation, and, you know, nine times out of ten, they're talking about their sickness and disease. And what a wonderful thing it is. I mean, not really. They want you to feel sorry for them. But the way they're talking about it, it's their best friend. And that's the conversation. And that's what we grew up with. Anybody? Same family as me? Okay. Uh, But the thing is, we've got to train ourselves, retrain ourselves uh, to accept what we have in redemption. And we said that the word redemption means deliverance. Well, the word salvation means deliverance from destruction as well. So they're, they're the same things. He redeemed us. He bought us with the price. He delivered us from destruction. Well, sickness and disease is destruction in our body. So we've been delivered. You know, we've been delivered from poverty. We've been delivered from these things. It's a threefold redemption. Really, it's a multifold, but we say we've been delivered from poverty. Jesus took our poverty, He took our sin, He took our sickness. That's why we say threefold redemption. But really, anything that's destructive in your life, you can claim deliverance over it. Hallelujah. That must have been, George. So we were talking about redemption again in deliverance means the same thing as salvation, so we know, again, that salvation is all-inclusive. Anything you need to be delivered from, you have in Christ Jesus. Now, we talked about the law that came. Uh, remember when Moses led the people out, uh, the patriarchs, which were uh, Jacob's sons, uh Represented the 12 tribes of Israel. But Moses led them out and they stayed in the wilderness for quite a few years. Why? Because of transgression. Yeah. Because of sin. It should have only taken them 11 days to get to the promised land, which is Canaan. And we'll go clear back to the days of Abraham when God told Abraham's father, go into the land of Canaan. Well, they, they never made it. But then when his father passed away, God told Abraham, go into the land of Canaan. Yeah. Well, they went to the land of Canaan, but the Canaanites were there. And the Lord told him, I've promised you this land. So he knew. He had a promise. Uh, now, we'll get back to Moses and the people that were delivered, okay? But anyway, because we're talking about redemption. And, and uh, they were delivered from destruction, so that's part of redemption. And that's a, a type of Christ as well, okay? Uh, but back to Abraham, that was before the law. And it was accounted to Abraham as righteousness, every move he made to trust God, and he didn't even have the law. Law didn't come until transgression got so bad that God needed to do something to gear his man. But that law couldn't save anybody. And from the time the first Adam, who's the second Adam? Christ is the second Adam. The first Adam, before sin came, Uh, uh, he he was supposed to, you know, he was a type of sinless man. But the only one that is sinless is Jesus Christ. So that's the second Adam. Uh, But Adam sinned, we all know that. And from that time on, you see types, you see shadows of Christ. Why? Because God knew beforehand that man was going to need a redeemer to redeem him from sin, not just lambs and bullocks and rams. Remember the ram in the thicket? Uh, yeah, Abraham's son that uh, God told him to go up and sacrifice. But, and by faith, Abraham did this thing saying that if I kill my own son to sacrifice to God, God will bring uh, him, you know, he'll raise him back from the dead. And the angel came to Abraham and said, it's been accounted to you uh, for righteousness. Because you trusted me, you obeyed me. The only covenant that Abraham with God had with God was to signify his obedience, was to circumcise his firstborn son. How many times you go into an agreement with somebody and you sign a contract or you shake their hand? Well, they had an agreement. You know, in the law that came later, remember when Moses delivered the people of Israel? Uh, Really, God delivered them. But the law came later because of the transgression. And and with that law, all of the men had to be circumcised. Okay? So in Abraham's time, it was to signify he was a righteous man, he was being obedient. All right? So that was a different covenant than the law. All right? Uh, But there were types and shadows clear out, you know, throughout the Bible. Let's just look at a few real quickly. You see, some people think that the law was instituted from Genesis 1 on, but it wasn't. It came because of sin. It doesn't save man. It basically points man to a Savior. In the law, there are many types and shadows that we're not going to go into that pointed to Christ. The law cannot save you. So we can't get into law and what we eat and what we do There are things we can learn that are healthy from the law, but it doesn't save us. Amen? All right. Let me uh, find, I have some types and shadows in here that I just wanted to look at. Redemption. Noah and his family were delivered from sin, death, and destruction. And Noah was obedient to do as God told him. He was counted faithful and righteous for his obedience and faith. Amen? Amen. Uh, Enoch was a type of Christ. He he went to heaven, and he was raised up into heaven without death. Yeah. Uh, the ram in the thicket was a type of Christ. Abraham was willing to give his only son as a sacrifice, but God provided a ram to take his place. Christ took our place. The story of the exodus of God's people, we've talked about that, but I want you to understand, and the birth of Israel was a type of redemption because the people were delivered from bondage, servitude, and even death as the prophet Moses led them out. Redemption was signified by God's commandment to Moses on on the night before their exodus to kill an innocent lamb that was without spot or blemish, and this lamb was a type of Christ. All right? Exodus means to exit, departure, uh, Decease, as in death, thus signifying Exodus' theme of redemption because redemption is accomplished only through what? Death. Uh, manna was a type of Christ coming down from heaven and providing the bread of life and having faith in God daily to provide. Christ is the bread of life. Amen. And that's why it says, my words are life to those who find them. Healing, cure, power to you as you find them. The brazen serpent, we've talked about that and went over that in quite detail, was a type of Christ on the cross who would bear the sin and sickness of man. So as you notice, there are many, many types and shadows. There are many types and shadows in even the making of the ark itself in the numerical value of that. Many things that you can go back and study that we're not going to go into uh, all of that. But let's focus on those types and shadows of redemption uh, in Christ, of His healing, to us, Amen. He provided health and healing. But the thing that I want you to understand is because redemption is all inclusive, and because it means deliverance, I mean we're focusing on healing is what I meant to say. I really don't plan on going over the types and shadows uh, much more. Uh, we may refer to refer to them from time to time, but because redemption, because deliverance is all-inclusive and whatever you need help from, you just receive it because you're a child of God. And you have a covenant from him just like Abraham had a covenant. And notice notice that uh, before the law was even instituted, because when the law was instituted, God said, I'll take sickness out of your midst if you follow me, if you serve me. But if you don't, all of these things... All of the sicknesses will come on you throughout the entire world. Who brought sickness into the world? It wasn't God. It was the devil. And it came as a result of sin. We opened the door to sickness. Well, today, because you live, like Pastor Jay says, in the cage with the lion. But we have the whip, which is the name of Jesus. So maybe you didn't sin or do anything, uh, but there may have been doors opened up in your childhood through parental things, whatever the case. But, you know, we're not looking to blame anybody. I'm saying just lay that down and replace it with his redemption. Replace it with his healing. Whatever, any symptom you're dealing with, replace it. Anything of destruction in your life you're dealing with, replace it. Anything. Growing up with stipulations of, you know, I, I'm dumb, for instance. Say, no, I'm smart. I'm redeemed. I'm bright. I'm the brightest noodle on the block. Amen? Amen. Uh, I've been redeemed in my finances. We, we, we've talked about those things. Praise the Lord. But I want you to go to Genesis because we're going to read. A little bit more about Abraham today. Is that all right? Because I don't think people understand or get it. Let's go to 11, verse 31. I don't think people understand who Abraham was. Now his name, Abram, started out with Abram, meant father. But then God called him Abraham. He changed his name. Why did he do that? Because God calls those things that be not as though they are. And we had a whole class. Remember, you had a special guest that taught on calling your healing? Well, that was me, but it was over a video. Uh, But God said, let there be light. Let there be. He's a God of faith. And Abraham uh, exemplified that very faith that his father, yeah. and he did the same thing, and God came to him and said, your, your name's no longer Abram, it's Abraham, which meant father of a multitude, yeah. father of many nations, yeah. uh, because he wasn't able to have a child with Sarah. Right. Actually, it was Sarah I. Sarah I meant wife of Abraham. Sarah meant wife of Abraham and mother of Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. So again, Names mean a lot. Well, you say, well, I don't know what my name means. Well, I'm not trying to get in all that, all right? I'm talking about taking the Word of God to yourself. It's good to have a biblical name. And if you're in faith and calling it, I mean, honestly, if I had a name that meant dog or something like that, I'd probably change it. Hello? Because if I'm thinking, you know, every time I call my name, Debbie doesn't mean dog. Debbie means busy bee, all right? Prosperous be. Amen. I don't know about the, you know, the busy part, but the prosperous, okay? Yes. Uh, yes. Prosperous, busy, but peaceful, praise yes. the Lord. Amen. Amen. So uh, it's those words that we need in, in the Word of God that talk about redemptive value. That's what we need to be speaking. And God said to Abraham, I've changed your name. Well, did Abraham rely on God to constantly call him Abraham? Of course not. Just like God is not going to do all of our confessing for us. We think, well, he's going to say it all the time. No, we've got to call ourselves healed and whole. That's my name. Hello? Hi, Sarah. What's your name? Sarah, my name's healed and whole. My name's prospered. What do you need today? Yeah. Well, name yourself that. Yeah. Well, that's that. Name it and claim it. Yeah, and I love it. Hello. <laughs> I named it and I claimed it and I'm saying it and I have it. Amen. 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 So Abraham was simply, he's the father of faith because it was accounted to him for righteousness, for believing God. What did he believe God in? Whatever God told him yeah. to do. And one of those things was Call yourself Abraham. Yeah, yeah. And he began to call himself, and other people heard him say his name, okay? He didn't just call himself Abraham in private. Yeah, right. I mean, some people just oh, at home, I'm healed, I'm healed. But when they get in Walmart, oh, that's good. That's real good. at the checkout stand, somebody sees you blowing your nose. Oh, you got that N121456. Oh, yeah, I know. I know, Ooh, I know. This oh, so sick, I know. Oh, ha 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 ha! You're just talking to everybody about. It. Well, back at home, your name was healed. Or actually, now I'm home. I'll go. We'll go to church. In church, you were talking about how healed you were. Well, let's let's talk about what our name is everywhere. Well, my family doesn't understand that, so I don't talk about that in front of them. Well, I'm not saying you have to hold a sign up and say, I'm healed. You've you got to say it too. All right? I'm not saying to be weird. I'm just saying don't be talking about sickness and disease. Don't join in with the sick and blue crowd. Amen. So anyway, let's hurry up here. Actually, let's, let's uh, focus in on something. Praise the Lord. I'm going to read something just so that you get a little background. That'd be okay. Abraham and his descendants before the nation of Israel came to be, uh, uh, came to be, were a nomadic people. Remember we talked about that. Who traveled, herded their flocks, cows, and did not lay claim to land until they finally settled in Canaan's land some 400 years later. They ended up in Egypt because Joseph was in charge under Pharaoh, and he allowed Jacob, Joseph's father, and all his brothers and families to come to Egypt, and they took care of them because of the famine. However, the next Pharaoh was scared that the Israelites would eventually take over Egypt, so thus began the bondage and servitude that they were thrust into. Moses was raised up to deliver the people of Israel, and thus the great exodus... Uh, Remember Deliverance? The great exodus began and the people were headed to the land of Canaan that had originally been promised by God to Abraham. An 11-day trip turned into 40 years of wandering in the desert. We can wonder in our sickness and disease for years. Or we can hook, hook up with what we have in Christ, what we have in redemption through Christ and be speaking it and be living it. If you want to wonder... In sickness and disease, start talking about it all the time. Start just doing your own thing. Uh, Part of what Abraham did was he did the will of God. But notice the people under uh, under Moses there, they wanted to do their own thing. They wanted uh, to sin. They wanted to run around. Uh, They wanted to defy God. They held God in contempt, remember? The manna, they complained about it. And it said, this this bread, we loathe it. It meant we loathe it. It meant we hate it. we, We hold it in contempt. In other words, they did not value. And you could say today, people don't value the redemptive work of Christ because manna was a type, remember? That's why I said that before. Manna was a type of the bread of life. And people hold the bread of life in contempt today. And when they say Jesus Christ didn't really die for us, when they say Jesus didn't provide life for us, they're holding God, Jesus Christ, in contempt. They're holding the work of Christ in contempt. Well, I'm not trying to do that. If you're joining in with that, if you're not readily receiving what you have in Christ, we hold it in contempt. Amen. If we're not using, if we're not eating of the bread of life, we hold it in contempt. If we're saying, I'd rather have something else. Okay. Is that not holding it in contempt? All right. So now you know the story. Uh, But again, Genesis, well, uh, chapter 22. Just go to 22. We're going to get right to the point here because I don't have a lot of time. Start with verse 1. I know I'm being repetitive, but I just want you to get this. Somebody came to me last week, and many people think this, so I'm not making fun of anyone, but they said, I didn't know that the law came after Abraham. And many times we think that we, uh, even today, have to keep the law. We don't. The law is fulfilled in love. And if we love God, we love ourselves, we love our neighbors, basically we're going to be keeping the law. And I'm not talking about keeping the law, of, you know, after we're going to have a burnt sacrifice during church today. You know, we're going to have some mats up here. We're going to kill a lamb, you know, or a bull or whatever. Yeah, it's been done. Christ was that. Uh, so it's okay to eat pork, All right. <laughs> Now, I'm not saying it's a wise thing to eat it every day or eat it breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all right? Just like I wouldn't eat Mexican every meal. Use some wisdom. All right? Chicken's good for you, but frankly, it's bland, and I don't like it all the time. Need some spice in my life, okay? All right, moving right along. Just that was all free. Genesis 22, verse 1. Now, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham, or he proved or examined Abraham's heart, all right? God is proving and examining us today. Do you understand that? He's watching our words. He's looking. His eyes are going around looking for a man of faith. And said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Uh, Then God said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there's a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. The reason, I know we've talked about this limitedly, but I want you to understand this type. Uh, so Abraham, in verse 3, rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young Men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Notice that Abraham's faith all along the way. And he didn't take hold of his son and say, You know, God's told me to kill you up there. But he just acted like they had a sacrifice. And throughout our day, if we're just obedient to God, we're not pulling people aside saying... You know what? I know God said we're healed, but I sure don't feel like it. Do you understand what I mean? We talk to somebody and say, well, I've been in faith, but it's not working. No, what's not working is your mouth. It's working, but for you in the wrong way. Because it's not on God's side. And God said by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Remember Isaiah the prophet prophesied that in Isaiah? And it, it, it came to pass yeah. through Christ's redemption that you were healed. So you start saying that, it's going to work in your body. But if you're pulling people aside saying, I'm dealing with this symptom, I don't know where it is. Where's my healing? It's right here. Yeah. So stop asking, Mom, why is it not working? Yeah, yeah I'm talking to you teenagers. Stop talking that way. Yeah. And start living right at school. Yeah. Amen. Right. Because if you're not living right, it's going to affect your faith. That's right. And that's why it's not working. Amen. You're putting it off on God or you're putting, you're complaining and griping about it. Yeah, I know. I haven't been there personally, but I know what's going on. I was a teenager too. I'm adult and there are times that God has, you know, had to straighten my string out the way I've talked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So stop putting it back off on God. We've got to come to him and say, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to be righteous. That means right. Live right. It really just means to be obedient to him. So if you sin, uh, Christ died for a sin, we just repent and get back up. Amen. But it affects our faith when we sin. So do you know that healing can work in your body even in the midst of sin, especially when you're a young Christian because God is merciful. Yeah. So don't, don't focus on the sin. But God will say, hey, you see this? That, that's tripping you up. That's hindering you. Yeah. And if you don't do something about it, eventually you're going to go to get your healing and you're going to wonder why it's not working. It, it's supposed to be mine, but why is it not working? Because you're not living right. And it's caught up with you. Yeah. And God's compassion and his mercy are long-suffering. But there are times, and, you know, been there, done that, had the t-shirt, okay? There are times for years he'll deal with you, and 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 he'll deal with you. And, with you. Yeah. and you know, honestly, I've told people this, if you stay close and you're at church all the time and you're obedient yeah. to just do the things he's asked you to do, many times uh, you can get by and you can slip by with some things, but eventually there's, there's certain things... But if we don't line up, you know, re and refried beans every meal of the day, it's going to catch up with you. Hello. Because there's no food value. You're just a bunch of lard <laughs> mixed with some beans, okay? Well, I mean, that was all free. So, we need to be obedient, and we need to stop talking about why is it not working, but if we notice that we are speaking the word, if we notice that we're doing everything he's asked us to do and still we're not seeing the manifestation of our healing or it coming to pass, then let's look and see what God is saying. And it's easy. It's as as easy as the nose on the front of your face. And usually it comes back, you're not walking in love. But it may be you're not walking in love with your body. You're not treating it right. God's been dealing with you for years to cut out something. And I'm not talking about dotting every I, crossing every T, because frankly, we understand that many times we eat things and we don't get the food value we need. You know, so throw some vitamins and some greens in there, okay? Praise the Lord. But speak over your body. God expects you to be obedient to him. In our natural realities class, we'll talk a little bit more about that. So what verse were we in? Anybody listening? Verse 5? All right. Uh, Actually, remember, yeah, we were almost in six there. And Abraham said to his young at the bottom of uh, five, yeah. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but there is is no lamb for a burnt offering. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So when you're dealing with sickness and disease, symptoms in your body, you remind your body Christ was the offering. Christ was the offering. Do you understand? Remind him, I'm healed. Remind your body, I'm healed and whole. Jesus took that for me. All right? Uh, And Abraham said, My son, verse 8, God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Now I thought this was interesting. In this day and age, if you put a teenager uh, on an altar, you'd have a fight on your hands. Am I advocating that you ought to kill your son or daughter? Of course not. Of course not. But let's look at it this way. Mom and dad says to the teenager, we need to go to church. We need to live righteous. Uh, We're going to pray over our food at home. We're not going to watch these type of movies. Same thing. And, And you feel like you're being tortured. You feel like literally you're being killed. Your flesh is saying, ah! You're going to have a fight on your hand with many children and teenagers because their parents raise them up. Well, what do you want to do? Okay? So I, I know that I, I'm talking about symbols here or things, or what we deal with in, in this day and age, but understand that we can have health and healing because Christ lives in us and we have redemption through Christ, but if we're not living right, If we're not teaching our children these things, if we're examples of wrongdoing ourselves, then the door is open to the enemy to wreak havoc in our lives. All right? But I I was blessed because uh, Isaac was so obedient, he literally laid himself down and said, Okay, well, I trust you. And children and teenagers, we need to lay ourselves down on the lines that we, we trust. But they've got to have something to trust. They've got to see parents that are living right. They've got to see parents that are right examples. They've got to see parents that, that are living, healing, and health themselves in order for them to trust them. Okay? Praise the Lord. Uh, So he took his knife to slay his son, verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Notice. Here I am. Many times God's calling you and you're running away. Well, maybe if I don't answer, maybe if I don't pray today, then God won't call me to China. Or call me to Africa or wherever. Don't be afraid. Because if we don't Listen to what God is telling us in our life. It's going to open the door to wreak havoc. Yeah. Yeah. If you want deliverance from destruction, then you've got to listen to the words of God and be obedient. Yeah. And we can say, well, I've done everything God's told me to do. Well, just this morning he said, hello. Hello, yeah. Carlos. Yeah. Did you say, here I am? Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. What, what do you need, Father? What are you asking of me? Yeah. How about this? During the offering, offering, here I am. Rather than, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> All I have is a dollar. That's something to work with. And what are you going to do with it anyway? Buy some chewing gum? All right. Here I am. So we're teaching on Healing. And wholeness. But are we saying, Here I am, because seek ye first the kingdom of God in Matthew six, thirty-three, seek ye first the kingdom of God first, and all the and his righteousness. Remember it was accounted to Abraham as righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things deliverance from destruction, whatever you need, what you already have in Christ. But what helps you to walk it out. Obedience. Why? Because if you're not being obedient, you're opening the door to the devil and he's wreaking havoc in your life and the very health and healing that are working in you, actually it's uh, health and healing and, and there's a struggle, sickness, and disease. And you're not getting the levels you need. All right? Or your faith is being affected because of your words. All right? It's not on God's end. In verse 12, and he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad, or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God. Fear God. Did you get that? This is our father of faith. This is how we are supposed to act. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son. What things are we withholding from God? What things are we saying, God, you can have everything else but this? And that will be the very thing that God will come after because he wants to test or approve or examine your heart. And God, was, God didn't take his son, all right? And God wants our best friend. He, he, he has given us everything in Christ. Why would he want to take good things away from us? It's only if our heart is saying, no, you can have this and this, but you can't have this. God, you can have everything else, but don't take this boyfriend away from me. Because, you know, I like I like to walk in the halls of school with him. I like the way it looks. Don't take him from me. And Satan's wreaking havoc in our teenagers' lives. I don't know why I'm off on teenagers. Wreaking havoc because too many times as parents, we're not teaching them You can't make those choices and live righteous. What's God saying about it? He may not even be a Christian. I don't want to hear this, Pastor Debbie. Uh, Well, that's what you're saying to God, I guess. Because he's saying, hey, where are you at? And Rather than saying, here I am, you're blaming it off on Pastor Debbie. All right. So don't withhold things from the Lord. Don't be afraid to give him everything. There have been times in my life, and I, I, we're going to wrap up here, there have been times in my life that, that my flesh wanted something so bad. Yeah, yeah. But in order to cut the things of the flesh off, we've got to put more of the word in. Amen. We've got to stir ourselves up by faith. Amen. All right, real quickly, in, in verse uh, 12. And he said, Do not lay a hand on the ladder. Do anything to him, actually. Verse 13. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns, signifying Christ as an example or a type of Christ. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. Everywhere we are, we ought to call that. The Lord will provide. Amen. All right. Verse 15, then the angel of the Lord, this is very important, understand. This is the covenant that, that God made with Abraham. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, My, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of your enemies. We are his descendants. Yes. Yes. Did you get that yet? In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, not cursed, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they rose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Uh, So understand that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law, but the law only came as sin and transgression, as people wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to go their own way. They were holding back from what God wants. Uh, too many people are calling us to the hospital expecting us to put our faith out for them, but they're running around with the wrong crowds. They're, uh, they're not obedient. God's trying to talk to them. They're not listening. And they are saying, why isn't it working? Come back next week and we'll tell you more. Stand up. Be speaking your health and healing. It says, and be obedient to God. If you haven't been obedient to Him, it's as simple as saying, Lord, I'm sorry, and help me. Yes. Help me to do the right thing. And His grace and His strength will help you. It's by His Spirit in Romans 8. Amen. Amen. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, Lord, I commit myself wholly to you. I commit myself to you. By faith. By faith. In Jesus, name. in Jesus' name. You don't always feel like doing it, your flesh isn't going to feel like doing it, but you stir yourself. If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.